Hey there, welcome to ATL and 29, a Peachtree Hoops podcast where we look at the NBA from the starting point of Atlanta. My name is Kevin Chenard. I'm uh, coming to you after the Hawks 132-111 win over the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, a lot of things to cover tonight. Let's start with the three stars. And before we get into the three stars, maybe an honorable mention here. Uh, the starters for the Hawks were fantastic tonight. And I thought in the first few minutes of the game, Kevin Herter and Dwayne Dedman really set the tone with their aggressiveness, chasing for loose balls and rebounds and trying to finish strong inside in the paint. And so while they weren't necessarily the three stars, uh, over the course of the 48 minutes, I really think that the two of them uh, set the tempo for the game. Herter finished with 16 points on 6-10 shooting, 4 assists, and 5 rebounds. And Deadman finished with 6 points and 6 rebounds, 3 assists, 2 steals, 2 blocks, and he was a plus 26 in just a little over 21 minutes played. So he was a real force. Uh, going back to Deadman for a second, I think one of the things that really helped the Hawks defensively in this game is that Memphis wanted to run a lot of their offense through Jonas Valanciunas, and it, Deadman was up to the task of shutting that down one-on-one. Uh, Valanciunas finished only with uh, eight points. He didn't finish. He didn't have a single rebound, and you know he scored those eight points on three of eight shooting. And the Hawks really didn't have to send a whole lot of extra attention or double teams uh, to slow that down. And I think the fact that he handled that matchup, that Deadman handled that defensive matchup one-on-one, was a real boon to the Hawks tonight. Uh, let's get to the three stars. I'm, for the third star, I'm going to go with Alex Len. Uh, the starters were much better than the Hawks bench all night long. Uh, but among the bench players, Alex Len was really the glue that helped keep things together. Uh, he finished strong at the rim all night. He helped the Hawks dominate on the glass. Uh, the Hawks finished with 51 rebounds uh, to Memphis's 35 rebounds. The Hawks had 15 offensive rebounds. And... The Grizzlies had just nine. Um, you know, one of the things that Alex did really well tonight, in addition to finishing around the rim, uh, he made two of five threes, and he was getting some of those tap-out offensive rebounds that were just killers. Uh, Hawks would miss a shot, balls up in the air. Alex couldn't get both hands on it, but he would get up high enough to get one paw on it and just bat it back out to a teammate. Uh, and some of those plays were real backbreakers. Uh, when the Grizzlies weren't necessarily rallying in the second half, but were close enough to, you know, to get within striking distance, and those kind of plays just kind of snap their chances of ever coming back in the game. For the second star, let's go with Trey Young. He had 22 points and 8 assists. He made 3 of 5 threes, 8 of 12 shots overall. But those 8 assists, they were spectacular assists. There were a number of spectacular passes that he made that did not lead to an assist. And best of all, and this was indicative of the team's performance on the night, he had those eight assists and zero turnovers. The starters as a whole had just four turnovers. Despite playing over 100 minutes combined, the starters had just four turnovers on the evening. So they were playing just unbelievably crisp offense. For the evening, the, the Hawks probably had their best assist-to-turnover ratio of the season, notching 35 assists against just 11 turnovers. And after the game, Lloyd Pierce noted exactly that and said that it goes beyond this game, uh, that it's been something the Hawks have done well for the past few weeks. So here's friend of the podcast, Brad Rowling, asking Lloyd Pierce about the turnover issue. 
I mean, assist total will get a lot of headlines, but not a lot of turnovers to carry the ball. I think with only three in the first half. Right. How important is that for you? It's everything for us. Um, you know, we, we try and look at our offensive numbers on the year, and we see us at the bottom 10. And it, I don't think we're a bottom 10, 10 offense. I think we're a bottom 10 offense because we turn the ball over too much. Uh, when we don't turn the ball over, uh, we definitely can be a top 10 offense just with ball movement, just with the ability to have five and four minutes, shoot the three. Uh, we get up 45 threes a game. And so when we're not turning the ball over, we're not taking, we're taking those shots away. Shots at the rim, shots at the free throw line, and then three is obviously. So when we don't turn the ball over, we're able to shoot 45 threes. When we're able to shoot 40 plus threes, we're able to make 17, 20, and we have those type of nights. Um, but that's, that's been our Achilles heel all year. We turn the basketball over a lot. Um, it keeps us from running. It keeps us from getting good shots. We have shooters all over the floor. So that's important, and I thought our guys have been great the last six, seven games of not turning the basketball over, and that's why our offense in this nine-game stretch now has been the best it's been all year. Beyond having the eight assists and the zero turnovers, you know, Trey Young just got to a point in the second half where he was just, it was just outright playful with his passes. He threw a 60-foot alley-oop pass to John Collins, you know, he's throwing 20-foot bounce passes where he digs the ball high and off the wood and back up high into the hands of his big man. You know, he's throwing behind-the-back passes. He's doing a back-to-front dribble through his own legs and then making a pass. You know, he's just, he's trying to put on a show, more or less. Uh, and it makes for very entertaining basketball uh, when the Hawks are playing well. And for the number one star, let's go with John Collins. 27 points, 12 rebounds. He made 11 of 17 shots. He only had one turnover. He had two block shots, which is a thing that is taking an upturn in re recent weeks. Um, but he was just a dominating finisher all night. He finished that 60-foot alley-oop pass from Trey Young. He had another finish where, you know, Valanchunas had gotten a paw up to block, seemingly block a shot, but John never released it. He just brought it back down and flipped up what was essentially a back-to-the-basket reverse layup, and it went in. Uh, certainly a, a highlight play from the night. Importantly, Collins spearheaded the Hawks' rebounding efforts. The Hawks' starters out-rebounded the Grizzlies' starters by a margin of 29-13. to 13. Uh, Not exactly equal minutes, but enough that it was obvious it was a huge difference. Uh, like we mentioned before, Valanchunas didn't get a single rebound in almost 20 minutes played. And Collins, on the other hand, was the game's leading rebounder with 12. Uh, so the Hawks set the tone early on the glass and carried it throughout the game. And Collins was the number one factor in making that happen. After the game, Collins was asked if he thought he belonged in the NBA's most improved player discussion. Um, I feel like I should be in the, in the conversation. I feel like the only other person, a couple people that have a, a true shot is Siakam and, and D'Angelo with the All-Star. Uh, I feel like, you know, I'm competing against those two guys and I have a, a damn good, uh, you know, resume or, or reason to compete for that, for that award. So I feel like I should be right up there for sure. I have a damn good resume. Say it louder for the people in the back, John. Uh, we like that kind of confidence, even if, we ourselves as podcasters don't necessarily have it. All right, on to other things. Uh, the Hawks were very good tonight. 
this kind of felt like a game that a team would win by 30 or 40 points, and they only won by 21. And part of the reason was that C.J. Miles just shot them into the game. Uh, Miles made 8 of 12 threes on the evening, finished with a game-high 33 points. He was outstanding. Uh, we should have known that he had it coming uh, before the game at the end of the Grizzly shoot-around. They had a half-court contest. And if I understand it correctly, uh, I think there was a little bit of money riding on this half-court shot contest. Uh, so, it, you know, each player that participated probably had to put a certain amount of money into it. And DeLon Wright made the first half-court shot seemingly to win, you know, whatever the prize was that they had going. It's not like they consulted with me to make sure that it was okay. Uh, but whatever the prize was, should have been going to DeLon Wright, except that one extra shot was allowed. And if somebody made that shot, it was going to negate the results of the previous shot. And C.J. Miles stepped up to it and topped DeLon Wright's half-court shot with a half-court shot of his own. And everybody got to keep their antes. So C.J. Miles had that good energy coming into this game. So why was I at Grizzly Shootaround? If you heard our most recent podcast, you probably heard Lloyd Pierce talking about the Hawks' defense and how he wants them to get the killer mentality of a player like Tony Allen. Uh, in Lloyd Pierce's last couple of stops, he's been a mentor for some pretty good defensive players. Uh, in Memphis, the Grizzlies had Mark Gasol, Tony Allen, and Mike Conley win end-of-season NBA defensive awards. In Philadelphia, Joel Embiid and Robert Covington got some end-of-season NBA honors for their defense. So in his last couple of stops, Lloyd Pierce has been around some pretty good defensive players, and if I understand right, his work with Conley and Covington has led to some of those successes. So I wanted to catch up to Mike Conley and ask him about that. And here's what Mike Conley said. He says all the right things and he's nice. We need somebody from his past uh, to, to give us all the dirt. Is he, is he really that nice? Yes, unfortunately he is. No, he's, uh, Lloyd is the man. He's, uh, you know, I've known him a long time. Yeah, I had the pleasure of working with him and what, he's, what he did for my game um, and his ability to develop players was, was huge. And, um, his personality, I mean, as you all probably know now, he's, he's a likable guy. He's a guy that, you know, really can uh, motivate his players and, and guys fight for him. And I'm just happy he's got the opportunity, you know, here in Atlanta. When he was here for those couple of years, did he have like a specialized role that, that was sort of his charge? Um, really, he was, you know, he was, he did the duties of an assistant, but mostly he was more like, my, he's like one of my guys. Like he was like the guy who he traveled to Columbus, Ohio with me in the summertime and worked me out. He took me to Charlotte uh, to work out with Steph Curry. And, you know, you know, we did a bunch of stuff together. And um, just how involved and how detailed he was with all of it, man, it really, uh, it really meant a lot for a young player like me at the time. And I'm sure he's probably doing, he's probably going to be doing the same thing with his players, um, if not during the season, but in the offseason as well. <laughs> His last couple of stops before he got here, it seems like uh, players have done well defensively. He's had, you know, Covington and uh, somebody else on the Sixers made an all-defense team. And when he was here with the Grizzlies, a bunch of guys, you, Gasol, 
Tony Allen, of yeah. course. <laughs> yeah, for, of course. Yeah, no, he's um, yeah, he's got a he's got a defensive mind. I think it just takes you know with any young team, it's gonna take time. Um, but he has the background and you know, where he's come from um, of seeing and having opportunity to work with guys who who've done that, who've been um, defensive players of the year, uh, all all defensive teams, and the mindsets you have to have behind that. And uh, I think that's the difference between you know the good and bad teams is can you play offense, but also try to you know implement the same things defensively. And I think that's what he'll continue to work on um, as he goes forward as coach. Thank you very much. Yep, yep, no problem. So there you have it, Mike Conley on Lloyd Pierce and defense. Uh, and tonight was a pretty good case in point. The Hawks are a damned entertaining basketball team. They can pass the ball, they can shoot the ball. They've shown all season long that you know they're a decent product to watch. You know, the two things that they have to get better at are protecting the ball and defense. And tonight we saw some of that defense. I'm sure that if there's one thing that Lloyd Pierce is thinking going into season two that he didn't quite get around to instilling in year one, it's going to be, how do I get this team to buy in defensively? How do I get them to, you know, gnash their teeth and uh, get down low in a stance and make things miserable for other people? because that's really the next step for this Hawks team. They've shown that they can score, and they've shown that they can play some really beautiful basketball when they're not turning the ball over. Okay, on to other topics. Uh, going back a month or two to the trade deadline and buyout season, one of the things that we heard Lloyd Pierce and Travis Schlenk say was that, you know, in buying out Jeremy Lin and letting him go to a contender, not only were they doing right by Jeremy Lin, but they were also giving Jalen Adams an opportunity, and that's true. Jalen Adams uh, did well tonight. Uh, maybe not great, but certainly well. He had five assists and no turnovers. Um, you know, the Hawks were fine with the bench, while the starters were just fantastic. The starters were fine. I'm sorry, the bench was fine. But in addition to Jalen Adams getting an opportunity to play, I think there's another opportunity going on, and it's one that we saw tonight and it's that Kevin Herter gets a chance to be a primary ball handler, or at least a primary playmaker. You know, He gets a chance to do things with the ball when Trey Young sits. Now, it's not exclusively Kevin Herter. I mean, Jalen Adams gets some turns from time to time. Certainly, DeAndre Bembry uh, gets a chance to make some plays. But when Trey Young rests, and with Jeremy Lin up in Toronto, you know, the Hawks get a chance to see what they have when Kevin Herter has the ball. And again, he looked great tonight, uh, 16 points, but four assists and just one turnover. And, you know, the ball movement among the starters was fantastic. And Kevin Herter did fine with he, when he was with the bench as well, um, because you could see uh, when he was out there with the bench, things must have been pretty good because he had the highest plus minus rating of anybody in this game tonight, a plus 35 in 27 minutes. So it's it's good to see Kevin Herter for a second consecutive game doing strong things with the ball. Uh, I'm recording this podcast on a Wednesday night, so if you're listening, it's probably Thursday. And if I understand right, I have a piece coming out on Hawks.com tomorrow. I won't give away exactly what the topic was, but in talking with some of the players uh, about the topic, uh, I was talking to Trey Young, and he said something that 
I thought was very interesting with regard to setting screens and the Hawks' philosophy on setting screens from early in the season up until now. I mean, the good thing about our bids is that they can all make plays not only at the rim, but can shoot. Uh, so I think early on in the season, we weren't we were telling our bigs not to really set screens, but to slip out. And so now that they're setting screens, my man is getting behind me. So I'm able to make reads with to see what their what their defender's doing. So if their defender wants to stay, and because we have threats with Dwayne and John shooting threes, if they want to be hugged up to their man, I'm able to get to the rim, get to my floater. Or if they're hugged up in back, uh, I'm able to give them the ball. So uh, I think the with our big setting screens and hard screens now, I think is, is really made a big factor. Some interesting stuff from Trey Young there. I think part of that is that the Hawks have done a lot more actions in the past couple of months where they set a double screen. And so if you have a double screen with, let's say, John Collins and Dwayne Dedman, Collins can slip the first screen and you know, kind of avoid contact on that first screen so that he can get a head start to the rim, but still at the same time be a little bit in the way. And when that happens, if, if somebody's trying, you know, if a defender is trying to fight through that first screen, that gets them half a beat off. And then all of a sudden, Dwayne Dedman is waiting there for the second screen, and he doesn't have to hurry because the roll man's already in his way, and he's not trying to roll. So he can set a firm pick with that second pick. And at that point, you know, things get interesting. That might force a switch where you've got five guarding one and one guarding five and Trey can do some stuff off the dribble or Dwayne can take somebody down low. Uh, you, you get a lot of interesting options at that point. But I found it interesting that, that Trey said that they were really not trying uh, to set big screens early on in the season and now they are later. Uh, so that's something to keep an eye on. I think that's just about it. Oh yeah, one, one, one other thing before we finish. Uh, Tyler Dorsey was back in Atlanta for the first time since he was traded from the Hawks to the Grizzlies. Uh, he played exclusively in the second half, if I recall correctly, eight points and three rebounds. Uh, at one point, <laughs> he hit an open corner three and uh, gave gave Jalen Adams a stare down. I guess it's a good thing he's not Trey Young, or he would have gotten his second technical. Uh, but anyways, uh, good for Tyler Dorsey for, for uh, you know making some shots and and getting a chance to play some aggressive basketball. I think that's it for today, tonight, tomorrow. Uh, if you would, uh, look out for my piece on Hawks.com. Like I said, I don't want to spoil the surprise. I think it's pretty good, but we'll see. You let me know what you think about it. And as far as the podcast goes, as always, please, please, please subscribe, rate, review, Look for us on Peachtree Hoops where you can find you know, the full list of the pods that we've done over the past couple of weeks. And uh, come back soon for another podcast. Uh, we'll be looking for you. Have a good one.